Jennifer Highnote is the head of school for Clarksville Academy. On this episode of Clarksville's Conversation, she chats with Charlie Kuhn and Katie Gamble about what brought her to Clarksville and why she decided to get into education. She also talks about the differences between public schools and independent schools and why both are necessary. She also talks about why it's so important to find the right educational environment for your child and shed some light on the controversial school vouchers issue all on this episode of Clarksville's Conversation. Jennifer, thank you for joining us today. I'm excited to hear about all the things going on at Clarksville Academy. Well, and thank you for having me. Why you chose Clarksville and all of the above, right? All the cool stuff, mm -hmm. all the fun stuff. Uh -huh. But before we get started, we are gonna have some fun. Okay. Do you know Charlie very well? Uh, just a tad. Just a tad. Enough to, to be nervous. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. oh my goodness, <laughs> I've never too. made anybody nervous before. <laughs> I don't know you, except, except that for, you know of. Yeah, that I know of. Yeah. So, Charlie, before we get started, mustache, you a question. Ah. In honor of that mustache. Very cute. It's going to oh, be yeah. silly and has nothing, play to do, on words. has nothing to do with anything that we're going to talk about, but it'd be fun. Well, but it's a really important question. Okay. Oh, and it's really pretty simple. This one's not even, not even controversial or anything, but what is the greatest invention of all time? Oh. And why? You can't get it wrong. Right. Uh, it's my own opinion. Um, greatest invention <laughs> of all time. I'm curious to see what yours is, too. I think oh, I, I, I hadn't be. thought about it. Uh, probably fire. Uh, I love the concept of the use, uses of fire. Oh, yeah. Uh, because I hate to be cold. Mm -hmm. now, that's that's really a good one because I like to sit out by the fire and so how do you, how grill. things that have used fire to uh, to warm us to ignite us to um, to help propel us. Have so. you read the book Two Hundred Twelve Degrees? It's just a quick no. little read, and it's like a inspirational book. It talks about how and I'm going to probably get it wrong. Water boils at two eleven, but steam is made at two twelve. So just giving that little extra degree in things can push a locomotive. It's, oh, I love it, that. Yeah, it's a, I, I, I have one somewhere, I'll get it to you, but it's just a little, it's like a quick reading 30 minute type book, but it uh -huh. talks about giving just a little bit more can do a lot more. It's like kind of motivational. A motivational book. Yeah, it's good. I am always in, uh, on the search for a good new book. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, as I'm thinking about it, I probably need to bring it back out because I got a lot of new reps. <laughs> And she doesn't know, it. she never knows my question in uh -huh. advance. You know what I think the best invention is? Indoor plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> That's, right. That's actually a really good one because if you've been outside in the summertime and had the urge, I prefer to be inside. Which is more difficult for a woman than a man, too. Well, I can't speak like, to I that. avoid porta potties yeah. at all costs. I do too. So. I do too. And, mm. and I will tell you that indoor plumbing is a good answer, particularly we're doing a bathroom renovation right now. So we're down a bathroom. So it's very important to me. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. You cannot have too many bathrooms, especially no. we, I only have two young ladies in my house. I have all boys. Not counting our dog. But everybody needs their own space. So I know when to get out of the way. Uh huh. We've got oh. spoiled, right? Because years ago, it was one bathroom. And a, yeah. I, that's how I grew up. Me we too. shared one bathroom, and that was no big deal. Yeah. No. We also didn't have air conditioning growing up, so. I can remember, since we're talking about schools, because I grew up in Pocahontas, Arkansas, I can remember the school I went to didn't have air conditioning. And we I don't know would, that mine did either. We would, in when school would start in August, we would have to get out of school early because it would get so uh -huh. hot. Uh-huh. So... 
That's my walk. My That's Pocahontas, Arkansas. That's what my walk a mile in the snow story. Uh, both ways uh, uphill. Right, right. So that, that's a good segue into Clarksville Academy, though. Yes, right? that is. So, so tell us a little bit. Why, why Clarksville Academy? What's the draw? Why Clarksville? Why Clarksville? How did you get here? So I'm I'm originally uh, a native North Carolinian. Uh, grew up in the mountains of North Carolina. Oh, that was beautiful. Yeah, it was beautiful. I could call it God's country. Uh, it was absolutely a fabulous place to grow up. A small town. Uh, my husband and I met. Uh, and married almost 33 years ago, moved to Charlotte, stayed there for 21 years, raised our boys. Uh, I spent, I started my career in public schools and then went into private schools. I was a teacher and administrator at a school called Charlotte Country Day School uh, in Charlotte, uh, a pre-K through 12 school. Uh, it's where my boys were educated. Um, mm -hmm. My boys are now almost 29 and 31, and my grandson's getting ready to start at that same school oh. in kindergarten in the fall. Wow. That's wonderful. Uh, and then uh, a little over a decade ago, in 2009, uh, I moved to Nashville uh, to be a head of a pre-K through six school. And uh, when I was looking at my next opportunity, I had a sense that I wanted to stay in the South got a call uh, about an interim position. Clarksville Academy's uh, head of school, long tenured head, had uh, needed to resign t for a family move and they were looking for someone temporarily. And it was, you know, first of all, a regional, uh, an easy drive from Nashville because at that time we were still living in Nashville. So an interim made sense. But once I arrived and really started to learn about the city and learn about the school, I fell in love. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, even though we had an apartment in Germantown, uh, we sold our house once I was named uh, the permanent head of school in late fall. We sold our house in Nashville and uh, abandoned our apartment in February and moved here permanently. So I was still renting an apartment in Nashville until uh, July 1. That's a lot of work and that it drive is. is not fun. It, you know what, it's, it's not, I've said this often because there are a lot of people who commute back and forth. Certainly more people are commuting from uh, Clarksville to Nashville than from paying the higher cost of living in Nashville and right. working in Clarksville. I was one of the few on that <laughs> on that journey, but um, it was taxing. Uh, I think I could have done that drive long term, though I don't think it would have been as good because I want to be a part of the community mm -hmm. and be, be immersed. Uh, but if it was a nine to five job, that would have been easy. But the hours and the demands of the job are too great to, mm -hmm. to yeah. do that commute. I was getting home oftentimes uh, between nine and 10 o'clock at night. And then getting up and doing it again the next morning. Leaving at 6 a.m. in the morning. Wow. So uh, that just can't be sustained. So we love living here. And we've, as I said, we bought a house in February. So now this is probably a stupid question, but you know, what time does school get out? Three o'clock? Three, you know what? <laughs> is, is that when your work really begins? Is uh, well, all the administration stuff? Well, funny thing, because we've been doing some hiring this summer, and I had to turn to someone and say, when do teachers leave? Because I really mm -hmm. I really didn't know. It's, it's actually school ends uh, approximately 3 o'clock for the majority of our students, uh, but uh, teachers stay until 3.30. But then you have games, uh, choir okay. performances, those kinds of things 
things. So, you know, or attending uh, parent events. Uh, so you All have a lot stuff. of work after. So you have, it's like two jobs. It's like the day job and then the night job. It, you do, mm -hmm. you do. Uh, it's a it's a demanding but uh, incredibly rewarding job. And you guys have pre-K, but you also have K through 12, right? We do. We have a pre-K program uh, that starts for uh, approximately four-year-olds, and uh, but we go all the way through K through 12, which you know I'm I, I spent 17 years of my career in a pre-K through 12 mm -hmm. uh, environment, and there are just a lot of advantages uh, of that. I think that. And we were talking in originally uh, in our conversation about, you know, when we were growing up and how schools were and how communities were. Uh, and I think that's what I think that's one of the attractions to uh, a one stop school mm -hmm. environment is you have a sense of community and a sense of home. Uh, I think that people are longing for that. Uh, they they want to be known and loved and nurtured. Uh, they want that for themselves as parents, but they want that for their children as well. And I think that a school like ours can can help provide that. So, how many kids are in each grade? Do you? I mean, how many students do you have? It there? really it uh -huh. really varies. Uh, just leaving this year, we were right. Uh, uh, around 500, okay. uh, 595 students, uh -huh. um, 500, you know, just shy of 600, um, you know, but that varies, as you know, better mm -hmm. than I do, Clarksville is a very transient community. Right. About 30% of our families uh, have military ties. So uh, that's a we we have a lot of coming and going, uh, mm -hmm. a little bit more than other independent schools I've been in, and uh, you know that's been something to get used to. Uh, but it's also nice because you have freshness that always comes in, mm -hmm. and uh, the the students and and teachers are excited to see new families and and welcome them. Well, I think this community, and I moved from outside the community, so did you. Charlie's uh -huh. been here like forever. I think that is one of the draws t for me for this community, that the whole community is very welcoming to people who aren't from here. I do too. I, mm -hmm. I think I think that there is a, uh, and not just an acceptance, but an, uh, uh, an attitude uh, to embrace that, yeah. uh, to know that that's sort of uh, helps weave the fabric of this community mm -hmm. in a really positive way. And I think Clarksville's capitalized on it instead of looking at it as a negative. I think, and I think the school has too. Right. I think having Fort Campbell here, and I, we talk to people from Fort Campbell regularly and all that they'll tell you that Clarksville is very embracing of our military and I think that's helped the rest of the community because like you said it's about 30 percent turnover I would assume it's probably that way in all the schools right so when you always have new people you just kind of get used to it right mm-hmm right yeah so. Well, I, you know, I, my wife's a school teacher, yes, public, public I did school system, and uh, so at some point you have to decide that's your profession. Right. But, but, you know, tell us a little bit about how you made that decision, but tell, tell us a little bit um, 
the differences, it can be advantages, disadvantages of being in the public school system versus a private school. Okay. Cause I just don't know. You know, I, and, oh, yeah, I, and I grew up in, in public school and my uh, little town in North Carolina um, have incredible respect. I think that for us to be successful uh, as a community and even as a nation, our public schools need to thrive. Mm -hmm. um, I knew from an early age, uh, I, I don't know if it was, you know, the epitome of, of playing school as a little girl. Uh, but I, I remember being in class and thinking uh, as the teacher was teaching what I would do. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I knew so much about what I wanted to do. I actually skipped my 12th grade year of high school and went on to college. Oh, wow. You must have been really smart. I, you know, See, huh. I, don't no. think I, I skipped a lot of class when I was I, did. <laughs> I didn't go straight to college. I didn't either. I, uh, I, I know. I will sometimes have, you know, you have those recurring nightmares. Sometimes I'll uh -huh. have a nightmare that because I, d I received my high school diploma with the rest of my class. Basically, the university near me had a program. If you ranked high enough in your class and made high enough on your SATs, uh, you took a summer uh, English class in college and they accepted you and then you got your diploma, high school diploma the year after. But I will sometimes have bad dreams that I heard I, she must have ranked high on her scores. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, no, no. I, I will tell you, I'm not very smart, but I am a hard worker. Well, uh, some, some of us. Uh, I'm summer, a hard worker and I agree I'm not very smart too. Some of us experience with summer school is a little bit different than her. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll just leave it there. I'm with you, Charlie. Uh, I, but I have gone to summer school. That is correct. Uh, you know, the, uh, there are a lot of differences in uh, independent schools and, and public schools. And because I wasn't familiar, I had a, a, a pretty steep learning curve about this as well. Um, you know, one of the things is that uh, independent schools have the autonomy uh, to determine their curriculums. Mm -hmm. Now, with that autonomy comes great responsibility because we do have outside agencies who make sure their accreditation agencies mm. who make sure that we are delivering a program, uh, particularly in a college preparatory environment that prepares children well for college. So uh, there are checks and balances there, but uh, state testing, state mandated curriculum are not a part of, of what we do. Uh, also, uh, particularly in an upper school, um, public schools uh, require a teaching certificate. And while we probably are looking for that in our lower school, uh, in our upper school, we have a little bit of freedom that allows for if we have a, um, uh, a, a doctor of medicine who wants to teach science, they don't need to go back to school to learn how to be yeah. a teacher. They can, we can actually use their experience, the real life experience, the real life experience mm -hmm. to translate uh, into the classroom experience. And that's not to negate, I went through school to, to be a science teacher myself, learned mm -hmm. methodology and pedagogy, uh, you know, how the art and science of teaching. Uh, but there, we take a little bit more of a creative uh, yeah. view about those approaches. That being said, you know, I, I think we're a choice. Um, uh, 
I have been impressed with the Clarksville Montgomery County School Systems. I, you know, I think it's really strong, and I think it's one of the things that draws people to our community uh, versus particularly the two cities uh, I've been in. Uh, independent schools have thrived because of the public school systems uh, have been so poor. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's why there are multiple yeah. independent schools in those areas. In Clarksville, we don't have as many, and I think it's a product of strong leadership at our school system, uh, excellent uh, excellent teachers in the classroom, and a, a well-managed organization. Uh, so we really don't see ourselves in competition, but another option. Yeah. And I think that as we look at Clarksville continuing to attract businesses from uh, other uh, areas to our community. I think it's important to have those options for those families who have been in different uh, places. And, you know, coming back to that pre-K-12 environment, this idea that uh, people who are transient, military families, for example, who are looking for a home, mm -hmm. you know, something that is consistent for them, not changing schools multiple times is, is often uh, a draw. Uh, so I think that's th those yeah. are sort of distinguishing factors. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't think of it necessarily as a pros and cons. I just I think of it as, as different options. Yeah. What's I, best for the and I family. do I do like your explanation, because a lot of times um, you'll hear just in social setting, well, you know, private school or public right. school. And there's all the it's more of the negative one way or another. Right. Not that one's better or worse, but there's always that little dig one way or another. Right. And there, I think there are a lot of misconceptions yeah. out there. Um, there are misconceptions that, you know, um, for for us as a school that uh, students are going for free uh, to to participate in a sport or something like that. Our uh, you know, tuition for upper school is, you know, around 10500 uh for this next year. Uh, and the average uh, financial aid award that is vetted through a third party is uh, on average less than $2,800. Yeah. You know, so I think that there's there are a lot of misconceptions mm -hmm. tied up yeah. into yeah. this idea that uh, that to justify our own decision, whether it's public or private school, we need to bash the other. Yeah. I agree. And yeah. it's just, it's it's unproductive and it it puts out rumors there that that just aren't, yeah. that just aren't true and, and not helpful to us. I think as, again, if we think of us beyond ourselves and it's part of this bigger community, yeah. uh, we we have an opportunity for all of us to thrive. I, I, well, I really I, like that. I do too. I think for me, if I were looking at like my kids and making that decision, because I have one going into eighth and one going into fifth, uh -huh. and they're both very different children. Right. So for me making that decision, I feel like as a parent, it's my responsibility to put them in the atmosphere that's going to help them thrive based on their learning styles and their abilities and their creativity. And, and sometimes for no reason of anyone's fault, just the way the child absorbs information where they're at may not be the right place. Yeah. It's so true. You know, I years ago when I was in North Carolina, I was listening to a local psychologist who actually has since moved to Nashville. Uh, his name's uh, David Verhagen, Dr. David Verhagen, and he was giving a parent talk uh, about tips on parenting. And one of the things that stuck with me during that talk was that parents should parent each child uniquely. Mm. And mm -hmm. it's it's mm -hmm. so hard. We all we have, and all of us have 
uh, two children. Right. And uh, the idea that it's hard to look at your first child and not compare them with your second child, even within our own households. Mm -hmm. uh, but, you know, if we can step back from from that and be able to say what is best for one child is not necessarily best for the other, uh, whether it's something simple like uh, at what point do you get to have a telephone? Mm -hmm. or at what school do I put you in? Yeah. Uh, you know, the hope is that you're going to to have the courage as a parent to parent each child uniquely based on what that child needs. What was the name of that book again? It was, a, it was the, uh, the psychologist is Dr. David Verhagen, and he was uh, actually giving parenting tips in a parenting talk. Okay, I'll Google it because I can tell you, you have one child. I have two children. Oh, I thought you had two children. Uh, well, she's a handful. <laughs> you speak. You speak of her as if she's a three. I'm. I'm a third child. So I. You're I've, the youngest you, of three. You yeah, yeah, yeah. That explains a whole lot. I'm joking. <laughs> no, but, I'm the baby of my Now, but you know, you, you said you have it too. But it's interesting because. I can tell you, I will look at my two boys and go, how did y'all come from the same parents and be I, so different? I will tell you not, there's no parent that I've ever met in these 30 years of being an educator that said, you know what? I have two children. They are just alike. Mm -hmm. it, it is, it, it is yeah. phenomenal that the same genetic material, the same environment can produce children who are so different from each other and yeah. I, my, my boys are the same yeah and I think about it like you know you've got the firstborn the secondborn and you know the firstborn access what you know it's all true stuff I mean you know uh -huh. I believe a lot in birth order yeah I can I tell you because we're harder on our firstborn than we are what happens second. to the third I need to know because I'm the third. I need by to the know. third, your parents are like, oh, it's okay if you go play. You're raised by wolves. Yeah. Oh, is that it? Yeah, it's okay. You, yeah, you can cook your own food. I'm going to tell my, my sisters and mother you said that. Yeah. You wolves. Uh -huh. And the middle child tends to sometimes get forgotten because the older child is, you know, you put a lot more pressure on the older child yeah. and then one down. Wow. It's, it's true. Mm -hmm. It's true. And, and we take, uh, you know, it's interesting, even as, as we become adults, we, we stay, uh, uh, I think, in those kind of roles within our family, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, even, even when we're the ages we are. Right. I know you have a question for her that you really want to talk about, but I have one curriculum. Well, we could talk question. all day about this kind of stuff because I, I think it's very interesting, but that's a whole nother podcast. Uh -huh. so, so you were talking about, you know, we're talking about your school and for some reason it, it I wanted to ask you, do you have a dual enrollment? We do. And who do you partner with on, on those? We do have dual enrollment at Clarksville Academy. Uh, we partner with Austin P. Uh, I think the the difference, and, and again, I've been here less than a year, but the difference, I think, within the public schools is that uh, our teachers at Clarksville Academy are teaching those dual enrollment classes within our school. Uh, we will sometimes uh, go over to Austin P and partner with them for labs. 
labs, uh, particularly in mm. our sciences. Uh, but for the most part, uh, the, the teachers are employed by us and okay. employed by so the university. So just for those who may not know, what exactly what is, is dual, dual enrollment? enrollment? Dual enrollment is uh, an, uh, an option or an alternative to uh, advanced placement uh, okay. courses for those who are looking at college as their step after high school. And it allows them to get both credit in high school and credit in college at the same time. So we had one student uh, who I think left Clarksville Academy with with perhaps 31 wow. hours That's of like, college credits. That's sophomore it's, level, or sophomore. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's, it's incredible. It, it really is. And with the Tennessee Promise uh, Scholarship, uh, that really, for the most part, is, is free to them or, or close to free. So uh -huh. they're able to yeah. take advantage of that uh, that program and get ahead. They're able to take advantage of the Tennessee Promise towards their dual dual enrollment dual, courses. Dual enrollment. Yeah. Uh -huh. it, it's it's really cool, Lexi. My daughter has, uh, she had two her junior year, uh -huh. and she's got two her senior year coming up. Right, uh, so algebra you, and some business. So do you suggest uh -huh. that if you have a child that is in advanced classes that they take advantage of that opportunity? Well, it's it really is. We talked about yeah. parenting children uniquely. Uh, we try to educate children uniquely. Mm -hmm. I don't think a one-size-fits-all approach uh, uh, works. There, there are students who uh, would be served with the advanced placement, gotcha. uh, the AP course uh, work, uh, which has an additional step of uh, an AP exam uh, at the end. Uh, the mm -hmm. scores have just started to come back for us, and we're evaluating those now. Uh, so, so really, it's about looking at your strengths and weaknesses, and uh, targeting and thinking ahead about what you want to do post high school, mm -hmm. and targeting and you know setting a plan that's right for each child. Because my oldest is already researching colleges. Like yeah. he's he's thinking he he heard somewhere <laughs> that. Somebody his age was going to be the first person to walk on Mars. So he's he's making that path. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. Hey. It's, it's fabulous. Yeah. You probably wanted to ship him off to Mars a time or two yeah. as well. Yeah. Haven't we all? And then, yeah. And then the youngest. <laughs> go play baseball on Then Mars. the youngest were like, hey, yeah, you going to go to school. Oh, do I really have to go to school? No, this is like, let's yeah. go. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's amazing what you can do in high school because Lexi's had AP classes, dual enrollment classes. I don't remember those opportunities when we were in school. The, the okay. dual enrollment, I'm not so sure about, but we had the AP or college prep classes. Right. Uh -huh. Yeah, and uh, you know, and it, it, things have changed. Education has the changed, internet's changed dramatically. A lot. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, the pace of uh, the pace of information, the access of information. Uh, you know, when I went to college, I didn't even visit mm -hmm. prior. I, we just signed up. I didn't either. And I mean, yeah. that's that you just signed up, you sent off your application and mm -hmm. you went mm -hmm. uh, the first time you often s set foot on campus was when you, well, you started school. You would have had to visit in third grade. You <laughs> left school early. I mean, right. you could drive. I mean, <laughs> yes, I, I, I was uh, I was commuting to college. But my parents had to drive me. Yeah. Not really. Uh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The, but it's just it really has it has changed. And yeah. and it's become a, we were talking about your wife being a, 
a teacher, uh, the demands on teachers are yeah. so much mm. greater than when I started uh, as a teacher. We, we, we know, I think part of it is because of technology. Part of it is because we know so much more about how the brain operates uh, and what, it, what ignites learning and what uh, causes us to retain knowledge. Uh, and so teachers have had to change practice. Uh, mm -hmm. the, the demand of meeting the individual need of each child in the classroom versus when we were probably in school, uh, the teacher taught somewhere to the middle of, of the group and spanking for chewing gum. Oh, corporal punishment was, was alive and well. <laughs> yes. Uh, and if you were, if you struggled in a particular subject, well, you just struggled or if you excelled, you might be bored. Right. Um, and those kinds of things just don't happen in classrooms uh, anymore. We're, we're, it's a demand for, for us to really meet a child where they are. And yeah. just and like parent, just like parenting uniquely, we're we're teaching them uniquely now as well. Hey, you smirked on the spanking. Did you get a spanking in school ever? You think? How oh, many? I got. No, it wasn't a spanking. It was a whooping. You got a whooping? Oh yeah. What I, did you do? It's kind of embarrassing, but I got in a fight. You oh, got in a you? fight? Mm -hmm. You were such not a fighter. Well, she and I were the same size, so I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't really, really. Did you too, really get in a fight with a girl? I did. I really did. Oh, Charlie. She hit me and I pushed her over a desk. Oh, how, what that was like uh, I sixth that was, grade. I thought that I honestly was, was a punchline. I didn't think it was a truth. No, it's I, legit. I, I, I it was in at James E. Sullivan Middle School in Dixon County. Yeah. And so I don't know. We were, got in an argument. I don't know why. She hit me and I pushed her. She fell over a See, desk. See, he had sisters, so it was probably okay to It fight. was just, oh, yeah, I yeah. mean, I'm defending yeah. my turf yeah. or yeah. my desk or something. And then I remember, I'm <laughs> leaving all the teachers' names out of it, but we had a principal. He was pretty big strong guy and he grabbed me up by the shoulder you know just grabbed me on the top of the shoulder and next thing i knew i was out in the hallway getting whipped and i deserved it this is this is on your permanent record where do you it is your, now where do you guess your permanent record is uh, your school record? Uh, mine is, mine is probably at the the t detention center they try to put me in <laughs> no i'm just kidding i don't know yeah, people are always afraid of their permanent record uh -huh. as if, and you know, once we leave school, we never think about it. Do they we? probably didn't document it. They, they probably figured beating me was, was, was good enough. Was enough. Yeah. That's all. But I did deserve it. I never but. got a spanking. I was always too afraid to do something wrong. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a rule follower by nature. Mm -hmm. I didn't get in trouble in school. I, I follow rules pretty good, but I don't, I don't. And, and, and the girl, I mean, we went all through in Dixon, you know, there wasn't that many schools. So we went up all through high school, graduated together. Mm -hmm. We're good friends. So I have one more thing I want to talk about because okay. I don't understand the voucher program. And there's right. a lot of controversy, I guess, over and It really doesn't affect Clarksville, but can you explain what all that means? Well, you know, as much as I know, uh, you know, and since I was in Nashville for the past 10 years, this this conversation has been building within the state legislature. It uh, started, I believe, out of uh, the Memphis area. Uh, and the idea was choice, school mm -hmm. choice, uh, and hoping that school choice would uh, improve uh, quality. 
So uh, the schools that are underperforming would step it up. That ev that everyone would would step okay. up. That it's that giving parents the opportunity and the freedom to choose a school where they wanted to send their child, just like you were mm -hmm. you were talking about your boys, uh, would hopefully cause that sense of competition mm -hmm. would cause everyone to to get better. Uh, they define a dollar amount. Uh, that in Tennessee of the cost of educating a student. And it's controversial because, uh, you know, school budgets, uh, our CMCSS budget is based on our school enrollment number. So right. if all of a sudden there's a mass exodus and students are using that to, uh, to go to a private school uh, of their choice, then their budget goes down and, you know, it affects them financially. Um, I think that a lot of a lot of private schools are questioning whether or not they want to accept those vouchers, because just like we were talking about the difference between independent and pro public schools, uh, we aren't required uh, to follow state uh, curriculum or state testing. Mm. And so there's worry that once you accept those vouchers, that uh, you would have yeah, to have, there, mm -hmm. and, and there should be checks and balances, yeah. Right? Yeah. right? You're accepting that money that was, you know, going to be given to the, the, public, the, school. the public school, then you know your your product and performance should be measured. Uh, so it, I think independent schools are really stepping back and questioning: Can we uh, can we risk that? And I don't know that that mm -hmm. has necessarily been answered. I think schools who are struggling with enrollment uh, and. The cost of educating a child is around the cost of a voucher. It's a great way for an income stream, and they might be willing to to take that risk. Uh, at Clarksville Academy, our board uh, of trustees have not, uh, you know, we've we've talked a little bit about the voucher system, but haven't taken a stance on it. Uh, we're still there's still a lot. To, to go on in our state legislature. Mm. To, well, we're in a community with good public schools, so it's a whole different it conversation is. than if you're in Memphis or in some areas in Nashville. Exactly, and and those areas are also seeing an influx of charter schools, which are another sense of competition. So it's at least a little bit more of a hot button topic too, because they already feel that sense because what happens in a charter school is the same kind of concept that money is g given by the state to that charter school for educating those children. Mm -hmm. So there's already some tension mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. that that exists that needs to be worked out. And I think that, you know, just like we said in social settings, when people have chosen private or public schools, how we become defensive or, you know, want to speak negatively about the other. I think that, that this brings that out in, in people and is unproductive. We really need to take a step back and look at all those choices and a little bit more of a uh, unemotional uh, yeah. kind of framework in order to, to figure out what's best. It's really hard 
whether it's school, sports, whatever, for parents to have conversations that aren't emotional when it comes to their yeah. kids. It yeah. is. I, I say I can be the most rational person on yeah. this planet until it comes to my children, and I become a little nutty. Because we all think our kids are like rock stars. They are. They're, <laughs> they're, they're, they're precious to us, yes. and I have a lot of empathy <laughs> to that. And even, you know, I mentioned that my, my sons are 29, almost 29 and almost 31, and still to this day, I, you know, someone once said, you're only as happy as your unhappiest child. It doesn't change when that's, they're oh, when they reach 30. I've never heard that, but that's true. It really is. It, yeah. it really is. And so our emotions, we've we've devoted our lives. We've we've, you know, nurtured these these children uh, and have such high hopes for them. We don't want them to experience pain. And I think that's one of the hardest things that as our society has changed, I think that's even ramped up even more for parents uh, and wanting to see their children succeed. And I think that it's keeping us from letting our children fail um, and experience the the Learning. ability to learn and be resilient. Mm -hmm. A lot of a lot of research is being written about grit uh, mm -hmm. and about the, the ability to overcome. Colleges are are telling uh, us in in secondary schools that parents are you know we talk about helicopter parents mm -hmm. or uh, you know parents who are who are calling the university to talk about their children's scores on a on a mm -hmm. test uh, doesn't surprise me uh, because I think that amped up investment I can't see this child uh, experience any any heartache any pain uh, you know continues on uh, mm -hmm. post them being little. Mm. Uh, and I think we're doing a disservice to our children for not letting them uh, know that they can bounce back. Uh, I think I personally think that we we have our greatest learning when it's at times of failure. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's that time where you have a gut check and you have to you have to figure out, all right, what's next? And then it's exponential, the growth that can occur then when everything just goes easy and is given to you easily. Yeah. When you succeed, you party. When you fail, you ponder and you learn through pondering. It is. It's it's a it's a time, uh, you know, it's that gut check reflection time. Mm -hmm. It's a great phrase. Yeah, well, it's not mine. It is Tony Robbins. <laughs> Just so you know. I, I don't want anyone to think I'm taking his stuff. So there you go. Yeah. So before we finish here, mm -hmm. why don't you tell us, if you're a parent out there and you're thinking about private school, I mean, what do they need to do? Right. I, I think that uh, one of the best things to do is to do your research. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I have found that over time, parents have become uh, more discerning uh, customers. Mm -hmm. uh, in their children's choice of education. And I think that knowing, looking at where, looking with the end in mind, uh, that's how we determine curriculum now. Mm -hmm. uh, when I started teaching, it was teach, teach, teach. Oh goodness, I need to give a test. I'm going to assess. Now we think, all right, what's the end goal? What, where do I want students to be? Now I'm going to prepare my curriculum to get me there. I think parents need to do the same thing. It's not thinking, all right, what do, what kindergarten is best for my child? Mm -hmm. Where do I want my child to be 
in another 14 years. Mm -hmm. uh, and think about that, ask those ask questions based on that. Um, at Clarksville Academy, we have a uh, wonderfully welcoming admissions office um, who greets you and starts you through that process. Um, Amy Burchett's head of that. And uh, what generally happens is that parents do their research online Mm -hmm. We talked about technology earlier. They take a look at websites. They take a look at where we are in the news, those kinds of things. But probably the most profound learning comes when you step on campus mm -hmm. and you take a tour. Uh, and then for our older students, have, having the opportunity for their child to visit for a day, uh, we do an assessment, uh, check records at other schools, and then go through the admissions acceptance process. But we really, we really feel like that this is an onboarding process, an opportunity to uh, present our authentic selves to parents so that what they see is what they're going to get. And because we want them to know who we are and why we uh, do the things that we do so that if we are the best fit for their family, they, they know that. And if we're not, then it wasn't going to be right. uh, a good relationship anyway. I often talk about the admissions process as a courtship. And once you begin school, you sign your contract, it becomes a covenant relationship and a marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, and we're often on our best behavior during a courtship. Uh, you know, we... <laughs> <laughs> we are, uh, we, true. we say the true. right things, we lean in, we're attentive, and then sort of our true personalities come when we enter into that covenant relationship. Well, you want to be as authentic as you can during the, the courtship process. So that's what we want to do. We want, we, we don't want just to, for people to come in with blind faith uh, about who we are as a school. We want, we want them to know uh, what we can do to to help nurture their child uh to get them to the goals that yeah. they have for their child going forward right that's good stuff cool. mm -hmm. so well thank you for coming and joining us today this thank is you. this could go on forever talking about child development and stuff so i love that because i have kids i know i mm -hmm. well i think that whether you like me are are past those uh those decision making times i i think about it through my grandchildren see i think uh, I, need, I need a direct access because my boys are three years apart too to be able to call and go okay what about this yeah i know i know because you think the second time around that it's going to get easier and it somehow doesn't because of that child being mm -hmm. a, a, his own unique individual. Mm -hmm. uh, but thanks for having uh, me on the, the podcast. It's, it's been great. It's uh, I love Clarksville and uh, and enjoying learning more about the city. And uh, your podcast is a great way for for people to get connected and to to learn more. Well, thank you, and thank you for coming in. Clarksville's conversation. Subscribe now on your favorite podcasting app so you don't miss a single conversation.